The Sphere Within by Neville Goddard Entering this world of death, you brought all you have or can have with you. You are like a garden already planted and sowed. For this world is too poor to produce one seed. Although William Blake was called a madman, he knew this great truth and said, the human imagination is the eternal body of the Lord Jesus. I tell you, the Lord Jesus is your own wonderful human imagination, who became as you are, that you may become as he is. Everything is housed in you, because Jesus is buried there, and it is from there that he will rise. You might think Paul was speaking of one external to himself when he said i have heard of your faith in christ jesus but paul was not the preposition in designates christ as the sphere within which faith lives rather than object of faith so if everything is within you you may question why you are in this world of sadness death and sorrow but i will tell you you are here for a purpose. In this world, a king can bestow a high honor to anyone, but he cannot fit that one for the high office. Now, God not only bestows his honor, but he prepares the individual to receive it. You are here because you are being prepared. We are all part of the corporate destiny of a fabulous play, whose outcome is an entirely different world. In fact, this high honor cannot be conceived or conceived of until experienced. When you have been prepared, you will be automatically drawn like a magnet into that sphere where your faith lives. Then all that is now contained within you will awaken, and the highest honor will be yours. With the revelation that God gave himself to you as you, I tell you now, God became as you are with all of your weaknesses and limitations, and God is going through the horrors of this world with you until you are prepared to receive the high honor as the story of Jesus Christ, which has already been sown within you. He rubs like a garden already planted, and you discover you are God. Everyone will enter this sphere and know this revelation but we all have different parts to play in that body. The part you will play has already been written, and you were chosen to play it before that the world was. That part to which you have been cast must be prepared to receive your eternal form. Some schools of thought will tell you that you were born blind because of karma. But I say to you, you were born blind, deaf, limited, weak, or poor, not because your parents sinned or you sinned, but that the works of God may be made manifest. You cast yourself into the role you are now playing in order to prepare yourself to receive the high honor in the eternal body of the human imagination, which is God himself. Scripture tells us God is love and God is light. If God is your life and he is love, then your life is love. In fact, everything that loves is eternal. 
the moment a woman brings a child into the world she is in love with her production and if need be will sacrifice herself for it to that woman by her expression of love is eternal the man who expresses love for his child is eternal also because god is love and love is man's life our scientists tell us that man alone is capable of love but not the animal or plant world yet i say anything that loves is eternal one day while walking on the beach in little barbados with my wife and daughter we watched as two little boys walking with their governess turned over a large rock to discover two beach crabs underneath the larger one immediately ran three or four feet away turned and looked at us with piercing eyes then i said to the boys be quiet and watch and as we did the crab returned quickly grabbed the little one who had remained pressed it to its breast and ran away to hide once more now wasn't that a demonstration of love god made everything in love never would he have made it had he not loved it the little crab was made by love i saw it express love therefore the crab is eternal man has been trained to believe in jesus christ as an external being an object of his faith but jesus christ is not the object of faith but the sphere within which faith lives one day in 1959 having been prepared because of the parts i have played throughout my long journey i was magnetically drawn into that sphere then that which was already planted within me erupted at the drama of jesus christ unfolded casting me in the central role as the being who gave himself for me he had to prepare himself as the being you call neville by suffering with me until the work he set out to do in me was finished then the honor was con conferred at which time everything said of jesus christ unfolded itself within me i know this is true of every child born of woman but it is difficult to convince those who do not wish to stand upon their own feet perhaps they cannot at the moment they still may have to go through the mill by suffering while the one who bestows the honor upon them suffers with them the king of this world does not suffer with those to whom he bestows honor but god in bestowing the honor requires you to receive it in order to execute your part in the corporate body of god the part you are now playing is played for a purpose if your child is mentally deficient don't think you are its cause for you are not you did nothing wrong your child is being prepared to receive this great honor this is simply a part he must play and when every part has been played he will be as perfect as his heavenly father is perfect then the honor which was originally bestowed upon him erupts and he discovers he is god himself for in the end there is nothing but god when blake made that statement he was called mad but I tell you there are states in which the visionary is considered mad for experiencing that which others have not. I have experienced that which you have not, yet I know you will. What part you will play in the body of God I do not know. I only know that the part was created before that the world was, and 
it is perfect. Now in the book of Joshua, we are told that the land given to Israel was distributed by lot. This does not mean a piece of land, but the part you were allotted. The twelve tribes of Israel were cast into the lots. In the story, we discover that Caleb was given a portion of the tribe of Judah. The same Judah, as is mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus, as the one through whom the drama unfolds. The word Caleb is defined as a dog, but its spiritual definition is a homosexual. Now we see that Caleb, the fourth son of Jacob, is a part of the eternal play of God. This we are told in the 15th chapter, the 13th verse of the book of Joshua. As God justifies everything he has made, when people sit in judgment, it is because they haven't the slightest concept of scripture. I do not realize what is taking place in the soul of man. Nothing is to be condemned, for God would not have made it had he not loved it. For God is love. This I know from experience. I stood in the presence of infinite, eternal love, who embraced me and incorporated me into his body. At that moment I became one with the body of love, so I know God is love. I also know that anyone or anything that loves is eternal, because love is God and God, who is eternal and infinite, made everything because he loved it. Therefore it, is, it too is eternal. This world is too poor to produce one seed, so we enter it, like a garden already planted and sown. We bring everything that we have or ever will have with us. The part of the mathematician is there for you to play, even though you may not be cast in that role at the present time. The part of the mystic is there for you also. You may condemn a part, but it is within you. It may lie dormant because you are cut out for another part but you will play your allotted part perfectly, and in the end become one with the one corporate body of the risen Lord. What part you will play in this body I do not know. I can only tell you we fell from the kingdom of heaven, and we are rising back into that unity. I know, for I rose like the Son of Man and re-entered that kingdom. It is there I will reside when I drop this body, and you will be there also when you drop your physical body for the last time. Then we will be brothers in love. So, go to my brothers and tell them I am ascending unto my Father and your Father, unto my God and your God. For we are all brothers in the kingdom of heaven, all united to form the one and only God. Tonight you may be playing a small part, but let me assure you, you are in the part you play because Jesus is in you. He is your breath of life, your awareness of being. An idiot may not know where he is, what he is, or who he is, but he is aware because Jesus Christ is in him. Now in the 11th chapter of the book of Revelation, John speaks of the Lord and his Christ. The word Christ means the anointed, who is David, as told us in the book of Samuel, and the 89th Psalm. David called the firstborn from the dead, is anointed with the holy oil. That David is he who appears as a result of your being prepared to receive the highest honor, which is God himself. 
man made Saul their king. But God rejected Saul and made David higher than the kings of the earth, proclaiming he was his son. So when you see David, you will see your son and know exactly who you are. And you will also know that everyone, even those you formerly disliked, is destined to see your son, and because there is only one son, begotten by one father, you and he who you formerly disliked are one. No one can be a stranger, for no one is another. Everyone is coming towards the point where he knows he is God the Father. You came into this world, not as a poor little child, but as God desiring to play that part. I was born into a family of ten, who had no money, no social or intellectual background. During that time, there were two people in Barbados who foretold the future. When I was about four years old, one gentleman known as the Prophet Gordon told my two eldest brothers that one would become a successful businessman, businessman, businessman and the other a doctor, which they did. Then he added, don't touch the fourth one, for he belongs to God. He has come to fulfill God's word, and that is what I have done. Then, when I was about nine, a lady said she saw my destiny in a vision. Everyone has a pattern to fulfill. You may not know what your pattern will be. And that is right, for if you knew what you were destined to do, at a certain point in time you might hesitate to follow that path. So it is hidden from you that you may be conditioned to receive the higher honor, or the high honor, which is God himself. Man finds it difficult to believe he is so destined and thinks the idea is blasphemy. I have heard men who have achieved high titles in their churches say from the pulpit that those who believe God is in them are insane. And I wondered how they could make such a statement, for they knew nothing. When it happened in me, I was drawn into the sphere where spiritual experience is revealed. And as the plan unfolded and God revealed himself to me as me, I saw those men still in the same state of mind and realized scripture was right in describing them as the blind leading the blind. Wearing their robes made by the human hand, they think that they think that is the way God dresses when God is clothed in love. The colors of their robes are lovely, and they are made quite beautifully. But their robes do not endear them to God. For God does not see the outer robes. He only sees the man's heart. And when the heart has been prepared, then the individual is drawn into the sphere of spiritual experience, where faith lives. It is from there but he, that he returns, knowing the faith of which Scripture speaks. When I return from the vision of being incorporated into the body of love, if the worldly wise men had forced me, like they did like they did Galileo, I too would deny it, yet knowing I am right and they are stupid. Today we know that the earth goes around the sun, but when Galileo lived the Pope and Cardinals compelled him to confess publicly that he was wrong and they were right. Now we know they were wrong and he was right. But they still go blindly on making others confess concerning their wisdom, and they haven't any. For they are men without vision, as they haven't experienced the word of God. If this night I were put under physical pressure, I too would confess that my experiences were hallucinations. 
but in my heart I would know that my visions were real. I would no more deny them than I could the simplest evidence of my senses. What I am seeing now is an objective fact that I cannot deny. will become a memory image an hour from now. I have experienced everything said of Jesus Christ just as objectively as I see you and this room. And I know that everyone is going to have the same experiences when he is prepared to receive them. In our land, I recall hearing an interview with a man who had just been appointed an ambassador. When asked about the place where he was going, he admitted he didn't even know where it was on the map or anything about the government there. He received the appointment because of his generous contributions to the presidential campaign, not because of his fitness for the position, but before God gives you the honor, he qualifies you to receive it by putting you through the paces. In the first chapter of the book of Colossians, we read, The Father has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. The phrase, to share in, literally means for the part. Here we see that the part has already been prepared, and now we must be qualified for that part, or for the part each one of us will play in our inheritance. The words, to share in, causes one to think in terms of material goods. But if you actually share in God's inheritance, you share in the part of being God. For he is your inheritance, and God is all. You can recreate anything when you know you are the creative power and the creative wisdom of God. That is the gift God is preparing us all to receive. I can't tell you how altogether glorious you really are. If you would dwell upon this thought alone, you would stop feeling inferior in any way. No matter where you were born or what you are doing today, if you walk aware that God has selected you for an eternal part of the new body, he is building out of living stones, you will never feel small again. Dwell upon that wonderful hope. Know that God is preparing you for the part you will play in his, lovely, in his living body, and that he will not stop no matter what you may go through. If you know this, you will say with Paul, I do not consider the sufferings of this present time worthy to be compared to the glory that is to be revealed in me, for that glory is God himself. If suffering be your lot, then suffer knowing the glory that is to be yours when the fires of experience are over. You may not suffer physically, but to lose a loved one is a suffering that can eat your heart out. But that suffering is preparing you to receive the glory that God has predetermined for you. Tonight, my message may not seem to be practical, but may I tell you, it is the most practical talk I can give. I could tell you how to go about getting a better job, more money, larger houses, and better cars, but do you know that which is most profoundly spiritual is, in truth, most directly practical? For while your mind is removed from your desires of this world by dwelling on something far greater, things are moving within you. Then, one day, you will give your entire heart to a far more noble state, and you will be drawn into the sphere where Scripture unfolds from within. It comes so suddenly, as you are not aware that you have moved into that sphere where the eruption takes place. It takes time to prepare you for that sphere, but when you are there, you know nothing but the power of God. You feel Him as an unearthly wind. You hear Him in as unearthly sound as scripture erupts, and you experience everything, from your birth from up above to the descent of the dove.
I promise you, if this experience is not yours in the not distant future, you will know it in the state the world calls the grave, for there is no death. You were created by the living God, and because you have loved, even if only for a fleeting moment you are an eternal being, for God is love. You will be restored to life in a world just like this one. To go through the paces, then one day you will remember having, ha her or having heard a madman tell you of a sphere into which you would be drawn. You will move into that sphere and scripture will erupt within you. Then you will know that no one in the new generation differs from those in the old, but that all ages are equal. Today we haven't turned out any Shakespeare's, Raphael's, Beethoven's, or Bach's. But many books are written, canvases are filled, and songs are sung on the guitars and the banjos. So you see, all ages are equal, and not one age differs from the other. We are in a world of educated darkness, where each individual is being prepared to receive God's gift. That gift is not a castle on the Rhine, or a kingdom in this world, but God himself. When God gives himself to you, and God is all, you receive all. You brought all that you have, and can, and can have with you when you entered this world. You came in just like a garden already planted and sown, for the world in which we live is too poor to produce one seed, because your reality is Jesus, who is your own wonderful human imagination. His body contains everything in eternity, while in this world, or while this world only objectifies what is within your human imagination. Now let us go into the silence.